to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Hello again. This is the Man Up Podcast. We are a spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys on a faith journey, and we invite you to be part of our conversation. We're coming to you from Sugarland, Texas, just southwest of Houston, the Bayou City, and this is Podcast 179. Of course, our esteemed panel is in the Zoom room, and... Well, frankly, I think we're just about at the point where we're going to bang on that virtual door to get out. With us, of course, is our, our theologian without portfolio. He's a corporate trainer <laughs> for a Fortune 100 company. It's the professor, Robert Koshu. Yay, hey, Robert. Koshu, <laughs> professor. And we've got, we've got effective representation from our own local prosecutor, and we call him the judge. He's Michael Cropper. That's right. A man, a man of and for right. the people. <laughs> and over there, sitting, sitting in my panelist chair this week is our usual host, Bill Cox. He's Man Up's director, who is just back from the latest phase of his hip surgery. Now, if you've been following us for the past several months, you know that Bill has had some issues with his first hip replacement. So he went back for an upgrade, and now he reports they gave him the Cadillac of hip replacements. <laughs> All right, Bill, we are glad you were here. Yeah, I'm thinking it's a sport model. <laughs> Automatic transmission. Right, right. <laughs> I'm Steve Titch. I, I'm the producer of this podcast, and since Bill took my panelist seat, I'm, I'm acting as host today. Now, for the past eight weeks, we've been looking at living life guided by the Holy Spirit, and we've got a great discussion this week on the role of the Spirit has in our salvation. But before we get to that, I want to note that we are recording this podcast on Veterans Day, and we want to tip our hats to all the men and women who have served our country. And this includes two man-up regulars, Kyle Trahan, who as a health insurance broker is in the midst of his peak season, which is why we've been missing him these past few weeks, and our director himself, Bill Cox. Now, both of you yes. guys were both of you yes. guys were Navy men, right? Uh, yeah, that's correct. And thanks so much. Uh, uh, I, this isn't going to be the uh, pop the uh, graffiti type of uh, rah-rah uh, Veterans Day um, address that, that you might get because I, and I am a, a, a veteran. I served in the peacetime Navy. I was actually in after Vietnam and a few times, you know, I heard insults hurled at me and once in a while... I, and once, uh, even uh, when I was in uniform, I was even spat on. Um, you know, this past week, though, I was in the VA hospital in Houston. And um, even on Veterans Day, I was there. And uh, like me, many vets are older, grayer, and breaking down. But unlike me, many of them carry that additional burden of youth stolen fighting over lines and hills that ultimately don't matter, some that lost limbs, some that lost brothers 
all of them lost a piece of their soul and in their face, in the lines of their face, you can see the horror of humanity turned against itself and, and it is unspeakable. You know, so, and I was thinking about this as I was getting ready, as I was writing this before I came on, you know, uh, so when you say thank you for your service to a veteran like me, I am appreciative, I'm totally appreciative to that. Uh, but think about it, to them who lost the best days of their life, their youth, their best friends, and are trying to hold it together all while reliving a hell every day for 40 plus years. And that hell that has robbed them, not only of their present, and it's what, what left of their future one day at a time. You know, just say thank you. They'll know what you're talking about. And for me, after seeing them, I'm totally appreciative that I was only spat on. Wow. Well, thanks for those 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 thoughts. Uh, that's that's one reason why we're here uh, because we're not going to sit here and pretend that the world's a, a lovely, great place, and being a Christian turns everything into into roses and candy uh it's a rough world and maybe that's one reason we we believe what we do but i i cannot add too much to what you're saying you really i i'm not a veteran and you really have to have lived it to to understand it i think um, right anyway um we use a number of resources at man up one of them is the connect 360 series from baptist way press we've been going through living in the spirit righteousness peace and joy uh it's a deep dive into the idea of turning one's life over to the holy spirit something we really must do as christians but is often hard especially for men because so much of our self-esteem, our self-value, our identity comes through being able to take control and be the master of any situation that's, that's expected of us. Uh, and especially in areas where our talents lie, we're expected to deliver. Uh, but we've been also discussing the whole paradox of, of finding this freedom, finding this, this peace and meaning in surrendering our control. Uh, and these last few lessons we're going to look at as, as, the, as, as, the, as, the, as the study guys winds up, we'll look at what the Bible says are, are the enormous spiritual rewards of doing so. So uh, that's my introduction. I'm going to turn it over to Robert. Robert, what's on the table today? So we're going to talk about being sealed by God. And I know Mike's going to have a lot to say about this one, <laughs> but, but, it, but I, I just want to set it up. So the word seal is what you used, and we'll talk about that. And Steve's got an interesting take I know coming. Um, appreciate the heads up. I went and gathered resources. <laughs> um, no surprise. <laughs> but seals are, were very important back in the day. And the, the equivalent you can think of is, so when someone wrote a letter, an important letter in particular, they would seal it with wax, and then you'd put the impression, impression ring on it. And to break that seal, particularly the king, could be death. So that's where the, that's kind of where the imagery is coming from. Um, we're in Texas, and so what we all think about and what I think about is cattle brands. 
you know, being branded. Right. You know, that, and I know, I know Bill knows a little bit about that, but, oh, yeah. but that's really where this language is leading to and where it's coming from is in that way that it's going to be a seal or a brand that we're branded by as we read through and think about it. So th this is going to be fun. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and, no, and, and, and I'm going to go to Mike in a minute. We, we will be talking about uh, Ephesians uh, chapter one, verses 13 and 14. At least that'll be our reading. We'll be talking a bit about that. Uh, Michael, can you help uh, set the stage? Yeah, I sure will. Uh, uh, you, you made a great comment, Steve, when we started. This is about our salvation. Uh, folks, we've been talking with the Holy Spirit, and we've been talking about his importance in our lives and what he does for us. He leads us in prayer, helps us when we can't pray, and a number of other things. But today's lesson, as, as, as Steve and Robert both mentioned, is from Ephesians 1. Uh, it's two very short verses, which I think, uh, I guess Bill will read in just a moment, but it's 13 and 14. So in prep for that, versions 1 through 12, I just want to point out a couple of things in this, because it, until we get to 13, 14, it's not mentioning the Holy Spirit. It's all about the salvation and the great magnificence of God and our doctrine and our faith in Jesus Christ. And in, in the verses which set the stage for our lesson, we are told about God's holy plan for our lives. Actually, in verses 1 through 12, Paul presents the magnificence of God's design of creation include redeeming man to himself. And again, folks, you know, go back to Genesis, because God knew that Adam was going to fall even before he created it. God created man to be a companion so that he might walk with man and fellowship with God. God gave man a free will to choose to obey him and to walk as God directed him to walk. However, God is omniscient, so he was quite aware that man would be tempted and ultimately would fall from grace uh, by disobeying him. Man fell from grace because he chose to disobey God. And of course, you know, eat of the forbidden fruit. All of you are familiar with that. Well, in God's great plan, he provides a way by which man can return to his grace. So it stands to reason that man must choose to obey God and follow his plan in order to again be in fellowship with God. Now, when God created Adam and Eve, they were holy and they were blameless. But God's love for us is so great that before the foundation of the world, he predestined us to be adopted as his children through Jesus Christ for his good pleasure. The path back to God is wise, it's prudent, and it's a brilliant plan. It's his plan, of course. God chose to send his son to be a perfect sacrifice for our sins. And by the way, folks, read along with us in this uh, when we get when we do the scriptures in uh, Ephesians 1. God's son is a perfect sacrifice for sin. He's an unblemished lamb. His blood was poured out for our sins. Now, the plan of salvation was, and it is contrary to the world's wisdom and knowledge, which is foolishness, and the world's wisdom promotes sin and wickedness. So God gave us his salvation in a manner so wise that it went right past them and went right over their heads. And we call that the great mystery. So it was God's purpose to show us the mystery of salvation, the redemption of mankind through the death of his son. And verses 11 and 12 tell us that God predestined us to be of his eternal plan and design for salvation. 
And then verses 13 and 14 are today's lesson. And they speak of the Holy Spirit and how he fits into God's great plan designed for our lives. Okay. All right. Uh, Bill, be, uh, before before you read it, can, do you have any, any thoughts to open up with? Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, I was just thinking about, you remember when you were younger, each of us, and you, you're getting ready to go out on a Friday night and you're, and when you're with your buddies, Hey, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Trying to find a plan. The thing about it is with salvation, you have a plan. What do you want to do? I want to be godly. I want to lead a godly life. Yeah, but I you want... did with your buddies, right, Bill? <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> so I'm with you fellas. No, I do. Right. Right, and sorry. with that, I'll go ahead and I'll read this uh, uh, scripture. It's Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. All right. Thank you. Okay. Actually, for, for those who, who say that, yo, know, the Bible is a difficult language and whatever, there are, there are some analogies that anybody in the 21st century can understand here. One, you've already talked about this, Robert, uh, is uh, the seal. Uh, we are sealed, um, and we have um, the other part. It's it's anybody who's bought a house or done anything, a deposit. The Holy Spirit is described as a seal and a deposit. So, so Robert, can you pick up the thoughts on yeah, on so, the seal and so, the deposit? <laughs> so, so the funny part is, so for a for a very long time prior to being a corporate trainer. Um, my background initially in training was in financial services. So <laughs> retirement plans and all of that. So I was sitting there thinking too, and it's not only the deposit, but it's the second part of it, the guarantor that comes up with it. So the deposit is what you put down. The guarantee or the guarantor is what's given on account of that. And so you're putting the deposit down and then someone, because you put a deposit down, is guaranteeing that you're going to get something for that deposit you put down. That's where the language all comes from. And so these guarantees come as part of our salvation. This Holy Spirit gives us the deposit. Then the de guarantee makes it happen the way it is to where it all works through that. Because the deposit guarantees the inheritance that we get you know, in redemption through Christ. And it's one of those things where, as you look at it, the spirit does so much more. We've talked about the groaning of the spirit and teaching us to pray. We've talked about how the spirit can lead us to Christ and the spirit works in our lives have, before we become Christians. And then we've talked about how the spirit influences our life. This goes to the core of what the Spirit is doing for us as human beings because he is putting that deposit and sealing 
us basically up for Christ as he goes through. Hmm. Very nice. That was awesome. <laughs> Michael. Yeah, I was thinking about what, what, what Robert said, and I've thought about the seal. I've thought about the contract. I thought about the fact of salvation, the gospel of salvation. I just and, want to point out the lawyer thought about the contract. <laughs> <laughs> of course. You betcha. Yeah, yeah. Now, well, the, all these things that, that, that are promised in these scriptures to us in verses 13 or 14 are what we sense or what we are supposed to feel, right? When the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. When we ask Jesus Christ to come into our life, the way we know or sense his presence is by the Holy Spirit. Because in fact, we know, and and and, and one of the thoughts that came to my mind, we always talk about that. I remember when, uh, when I was very young, when we first started attending Sunday school, they said, you want to ask Jesus into your heart, right? Well, in fact, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. But the Holy Spirit is in our heart, but his purpose and his whole presence is to reflect Jesus Christ, right? And and to, to, to point us to him in everything from knowledge, from learning, from teaching, like now sharing and what we what we believe and what we've learned and what we believe uh, affects our lives practically speaking as men. So the the the, the seal that that the Holy Spirit has given us to provide is our salvation and a promise of what is to come. So not only do we have a promise of the uh, of living in the kingdom of God right now in the presence, but we have a promise and a seal from the Holy Spirit uh, from now through eternity. So the seal and the presence and the guarantee that you're talking about, Robert, are for all eternity. The right now is just a temporary time. Our lives, as you guys know, we're all above 40 now, except maybe Kyle. He's maybe... <laughs> but uh, the rest of us all know when we have seen our life pass, and it does go fast, just like a vapor. So there are times now, there are times when we don't always sense the presence of the Holy Spirit, but he's there because he's promised to be with us. So how do we comfort ourselves when we don't sense his presence? We go back, we read the scriptures, uh, we trust them because they are, as you said, Robert, and as you said, Steve, they are a guarantee that the Holy, the Holy Spirit's presence when he came to our hearts are a guarantee and a promise of what is to come and what is present living in the, in the Holy Spirit. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I think that a lot of this is just trying to describe a relationship. And, you know, you guys, uh, I mean, you're great, but I have to pick up my game and study so I can even understand you because I'm just a little bit simpler, uh, you know, about it than that. And uh, like salvation and Holy Spirit. And it just reminds me of the omnipresence of God. And the, the way that I can best describe that for me is uh, I'm reminded of my dad who's no longer with us. Um, he was a pig farmer, but even when I moved to Houston years ago, I would call him not not necessarily daily, but really quite often. Most of the time, when I I was in a vehicle commuting or whatever, because if you're not from Houston, you may not understand we we have the certifiably worst traffic uh, issues uh, in the country, and so I had plenty of time, and that that's typically. Um, when I would, uh, when I would call him 
And but the thing about it that was unique about my dad, my dad, he loved to talk to all of us kids. I mean, I, he had plenty of friends. He loved to talk to them all. He would never tell us what to do. And I've talked with my sisters about that. But what he would do is he would talk about different options as he saw it. Now, he was a farmer. And at that time, I'd been anything from, you know, I've worked in a bank. I was a manager of a Firestone. I sold computer. And then, and then I got into networking. Then I became an in, uh, event producer and uh, just uh, got into construction with my wife. So I've done, done a lot of things. But my dad always had some insight that was awesome and relevant to what I was dealing with, regardless of the industry. And, uh, you know, he's not here physically with me anymore. But I still feel myself talking to him. And his, his response are these feelings and old jokes that he told me. And the stories and stuff that he really understands what's going on in my life. And, <clears throat> and I think that's what God wants from us. In order to have that kind of relationship with him, he wants you to depend on him first. Because he wants to be able, you're, you're going to knock on God's door all the time with prayer and all sorts of things. He wants to know if you're going to be there when he knocks on your door. So you have that. And I think when you get to that point, it's, it is once, I mean, salvation, you know, if you have salvation, you can't lose your salvation. And then you can get into the minutia. Well, oh, he's lost his salvation. He didn't really have it because you can't have it. No, to me, it's a relationship. And I think that's what God wants from us. Thanks, Bill. And we're going to pick that up when we get back from this break. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. Uh, this is Man Up, Podcast 179. Uh, we're talking about living in the Holy Spirit. We're talking about uh, Paul's writing in Ephesians one. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Uh, when you believed, you were marked with a seal. And uh, Bill may have, uh, may have preempted the answer here a moment ago, uh, talking about this, this uh, idea that God above all wants relationship, which, which I think is essentially uh, the message of the Bible, is a whole, whole reaching out and trying to break down all these barriers that exist between God and, and 
frail and fallible humans. Now, what Paul writes here is that, and this is a foundation of many Protestant denominations, but it's on these verses, Baptists certainly, and and some other denominations, uh, basically hang the fact that once you believe, or their, their point, once you believe in God, once you accept the sacrifice as for you and put your put your turn your life over to the Holy Spirit, you are saved, and that is irrevocable. Sal- salvation cannot be taken away from you. You will still sin. That's and and you know confession will be a part of that. But we'll we'll take it back to to where Paul was writing in Romans. You don't fall into this uh, cycle: sin, atone, sin, atone, and uh, constantly trying to keep keep up. Uh, what what we have, according according to how we can read this section, is is that we we are believe we are marked with a seal, we belong to God, we are guaranteed. These are the terms, the deposits down, you're guaranteed. But that's not necessarily uh, what what all denominations um, agree on. And uh, so let's, let's kick it out to talk about it, because we are no church answers. We're not all Baptist church answers. Uh, can, you lose your, can you lose your salvation? Um, Catholics, Eastern Orthodox, believe you can. Probably there's a few uh, mainline, uh, I, I believe, CRC does. So I'm, we, I'm not going to go through the list because I don't know all of it. I'm not sure. Uh, but let's. Let, what, what do you say, Robert? Can <laughs> so Episcopalians do, Lutherans don't. Um, most of the Pentecostals believe you can, um, as you go through. Just you know, without getting too specific. I tend to be in the camp of once saved, always saved. And I've got a couple of things. So uh, John 10, let me find the exact verse. Uh, 27 through 30 is one of the big verses that talks about this. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the Father are one. And it's really interesting. So there was a confession written called the Westminster Confession in 168 of 1689. So this isn't brand new, basically, um, but it was written by um, a group of Baptist ministers in um, England at the time, in Wales and in that area. And they actually adopted it in 17. 17- 44, the Calvinistic Baptist of North, Amer- of North America, and it was then called the Philadelphia Confession of Faith. So it was actually kind of written from them, and it has an entire section on what it calls the perseverance of the saints. And it referred, you know, to all of the other, but one of the things I like to, when I read this, I always think about John 10 to start with, and it part of it is it's on no free will of their own that the saints' perseverance depends, but on the immutability of the decree of election, which in turn depends upon the free and unchangeable love of God the Father, the effectuous merit and intercession of Jesus Christ and the saints' union with him, the oath of God, the abiding character of the Spirit's own dwelling in the saints, the divine nature of which they are partakers, and lastly, 
the terms of the covenant of grace. All these factors guarantee the certainty and infallibility of the saint's perseverance. And that's from the Westminster Confession. Now, where what I does heard, that mean? <laughs> I, yeah, okay. So where I've heard, heard it from <laughs> is, is yeah, no, 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 that's totally fair. Basically, it, it is the once saved, always saved. That, that's the whole point of the seal mm-hmm. in this. If, if anyone knows, you can't unbrand cattle. Now, you can put a brand on top of a brand and make, make it look like a new brand. But once a cattle has been branded, they've been branded. And you can't undo that brand. Okay. But in the real world. Right. In the real world. We know people. We know. We know. I'm going to. I'm not going to. We all right. have. Oh, no, we no, all no. know fact, somebody. I, who, I will who tell was, you this. How about who this? Was so, a, you, you, have, you have youth. I'm, gonna, I'm not going <laughs> to ask you any names. But you've trained youth. You've had yep. to have a few youth you brought through. Someone who really was brought up in the faith in their teen years, but fell away. And Matter of fact, I can tell you. Um, I can what? tell you. More than I would really like to admit to on that. Um, so I'm going to take it. How about this? In the news. Recently, uh, Jonathan Steingard, who was a lead or the drummer of Hawk Nelson, which is it was a Christian rock band. He actually totally renounced his faith recently mm-hmm. and had long conversations and said, I am no longer a Christian. I don't believe he left the band as a part of that. And then a second one, click and go. There we go. Um, it was a big author that wrote a book on purity, part of the purity movement. So the purity movement is a group that in essence is trying to keep teenagers to lead sexually pure lives until marriage. And this is one of the authors that wrote in last year, he actually renounced his faith, and I'm trying to get – I had it pulled up, and it, my, my phone crashed and lost it. But when it comes up, I'll give the name. But he lost his faith. I think the question goes back to where Bill was with it. Were they really saved in the beginning? And, 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 and I think this is more dangerous, actually, for, for kids that grow up in the church. So Bill, you're, you're a prime example of this. Cause you, you talk about, and, and I'm not degenerating it, but it's the, the guys who never experienced that conversion moment. They were there. And so it all goes along and then it becomes easy to fall away because they never experienced it because they, they didn't follow through with it. And so one of my favorite books, I've read it in years. I saw it actually in our library the other day here at the house. It's called the dangers of growing up in a Christian home. (laughs) And yeah, and, and it, but it talks about that because it is easy to fall away. If you've never had anything in particular, which this is one reason why I'm, I am the guy who says, don't send your kids to Christian school where all they hang around with is Christians, where all you do is go to church and then we're going to go to the church coffee house and our gym is going to be at the church and we're going to only hang around with Christians because we can't have that world influence on us because that's bad for our kids because those are the kids that I've seen go nuts <laughs> when when they go and they, because they don't have a foundation. And, and Bill, kind of talk about that, Bill. I, I'm kind of curious to see your reaction because when you go through this, Going up, and I'm not trying to say it's bad, 
But I think if as your kids grow up in the church, one of the things we tell the kids, I teach seventh and eighth grade, and I tell them point blank at the beginning of the year, I'm like, look, here's the deal. You have to start taking the stories you've been hearing about. You know, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was his. Jonah was swallowed by the great whale. There's the Christmas pageant and the three wise men show up Christmas Day. All that stuff is stories you've been hearing about, you know, if you've been growing up in the church. But at some point, and this is something we talk about a lot, too, you have to make those stories your stories. And how do your stories impact the faith and impact your faith and how you interact with people and how you do things? And that's where the that's where the faith rubber meets the road in my mind when you look at it. Well, um, as I've shared many times before, Mike, were you, did you have something to say? Do, do you mind if I say something or you want to say no, something? No, go ahead. Okay, yeah, I, I've shared this in class a couple of times. I was a new, new Christian when I was 20 years old, and uh, I went to University of Texas, and I stayed in the dorm, T.C. Jester, at, at University of Texas in Austin, and uh, I was a new Christian, didn't know all the doctrine, didn't know everything. I was just bubbling and excited about the Lord, and um, one night I was walking down the hallway back to my dorm room, and, and a guy confronted me, and he had been drinking. He says, uh, he says I want to know about Christ Jesus. I want, I want you to tell me about him. And, and, and you guys know now, you're old enough to know that sometimes people will invite your opinion to express theirs. They don't really want to know your right. opinion, but they're inviting your opinion so that they can jump on you or attack you. Anyway, so I shared what I knew about Christ and he attacked me just, I mean, just told me how stupid it was, how dumb it was and everything. And this went on for an hour, maybe even two hours. And I didn't know how to stop it. I said, Lord, what, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Finally, another guy came down the hallway that I knew. And, 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 and he had been, uh, the other guy had not been drinking. The guy that was questioning me and just ridiculing me and, and uh, uh, putting me down. The other guy came up and he had been drinking. And he stood there for a moment and he listened to the guy. And he was still going on. The guy didn't know enough to shut up. He kept talking. And uh and the guy says, and he looked at him, the new guy that came up who had been drinking, he says, man, why don't you just shut up? If you have not accepted Christ into your life, you have no idea what it is. You have no idea what the life is life. like. Christ is real. He comes into your life. He changes your life. He gives you direction, and you will live for him if you're gutsy enough to do it. And the guy shut up and walked off. And I looked at the, the guy that just came up, the guy that had been drinking came up. And I says, uh, I says, you're Christian? He says, yeah. He says, but I'm backslidden right now. He says, I like to drink. <laughs> and I mean, I'm telling you guys, it's the truth. I told him, he says, I like to drink. He, he liked to, I like to have a good time. But yes, I accepted Christ. He came into my heart and he changed me. And then now, right now, I'm, 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 I'm backsliding. That was his famous last words mm-hmm. or his famous words. But anyway, I just want to throw that out real quick because Nice. Yes, it's very, uh, it may be the proper word there, Steve, might be backslide, because we haven't used that in a long time amongst us, mm. anything like that. Okay, Bill, I interrupt you, and I apologize. Yeah. Hey, no, not a problem, su- Mike. super quick, Bill, the author I was talking about was Joshua Harris. He was the former pastor of Covenant Life Church in Gaithersburg, Maryland. He basically split up with his wife and then basically said, and I have to say goodbye to the faith as I'm doing this because of all measures i'm no longer religious 
He's a pastor, you said, Robert? He was. He He was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I I didn't have a big conversion uh, experience. Um, We were were farmers. I had my dad and my grandpa that I worked with, plus I uh, uh, went to school and I had four sisters. So I was pretty used to uh, having to be uh, be an individual and to accept my individuality. And I, like I said before, I just believe, uh, I don't, I don't really question it because, um, it will make my life better because I'm, I'm absolutely certain if I didn't believe my wife, my life would be worse. You know, no question about that. And, uh, you know, I, I've had I've had people uh, question me and you know make fun of me for being a uh, um, a, a church guy, um, but it's it's not a big deal, and uh, and you, you can bully me about it, and you will be attacked. Um, it's just kind of the way I am, and. Uh, so it's, it's that kind of thing has never really bugged me. <clears throat> and because I've always kind of viewed myself as I'm on this solitary uh, faith journey. And, and I, I need mentors and, and bands of brothers like, like you guys here. Uh, and I can't wait till we can get back to church and have the man up classes again. Um, I like that. I, I, I don't need a support group where y- you get a, you know, a hanky and a cookie and a pink napkin and get to share your feelings. And here's my number. I'll be your accountability partner. You can call me. No, I, I, I'm a <laughs> warrior at heart. And I, give me a can, canteen of warm water. I will tell you my direction and just give me some encouragement so I can do that in a godly manner and let me go. Because I believe that particular, particularly today's man has had that bread out of them. <clears throat> they need that adventure, even if it's just spiritual. Uh, maybe more so because it is spiritual, because you don't get that sense of being a warrior at a keyboard all day or or thinking up some new rules that made your company an extra two percent net. You know that. Hey, that's three percent. That is. Net. Or, well, yeah. Well, <laughs> well if it's three percent, you know, so um, and, and that's and, and that's the th- that's the thing with me. And. And now because of the popularity of man up and the podcast and everything, I'm starting to have people questioning me about my salvation. And, and, you know, I mean, all I can say to them is stay in your own lane. (laughs) I'm not going to question you about yours. There's no, you know, don't worry about mine. And, and the reason why I'm not going to ask anybody about theirs is because th- that's above my pay grade. 
I, I don't, I, I don't fix people. I'm not a counselor. You know, I understand that there's men that are on a faith journey. They want a fellow man or a group of men to mentor, to mentor them for a fleeting moment, but they're fully qualified to take the direction that God has given and is willing to give them and to continue on. So that's so let, let me, let me read a tweet real quick. And, and this is a guy that one of the guys that we follow that follows us on our Twitter, Michael Foster, he liked this guy's tweet, D Bonintendent, and I'll go read what he, who he is. But I read it this morning when I was going through our Twitter feed, putting some stuff out, follow us on Twitter, please man up spiritual oasis. But, He's the, the, it's from a book they're writing, but it says men who are hooked up and it goes into what Bill said, men who are hooked up like junkies to the dopamine drip of virtual fornication, porn and fake dominion video games are worthless for the task of being fruitful in real life and imposing genuine order on their book, on their world. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was brutal, but I really liked it. <laughs> Savage. Well, we'll let that sink in, and we'll be back after this. You're listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. It's brought to you by Man Up Media. I'm Pastor Chris Busher, and hey, I know these guys. Their podcast is gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny. You can find them on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Facebook, under Man Up, and all other podcasts are archived on SoundCloud and now even on Pray.com app. They're not pastors, but they're very reliable, regular guys, and that's why their No Church Answers tour movement is growing so fast. So for The Uncommon Man by Equally Uncommon Men, contact Man Up at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the podcast and fellows of Man Up. Welcome back. Uh, this is Man Up. Uh, you may have found us on many of our feeds, uh, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, even Pray.com. We have a few there. Or wherever you get your podcasts, uh, you can find uh at least on SoundCloud, all 178 previous podcasts we've done, including a few extras in there. Uh, and so so check us out. Um, we're talking about living in the spirit. We're talking about um, being sealed, signed, sealed, and delivered, as a matter of speaking. Um, I, I wanted to uh, pick up on what, what Bill was saying about you know, we're, we're men on a spiritual journey. And, and one part of this, while, while this was a very short reading, it, it, there, there is the, the implication of, of um, you might say, Christian unity. We're all on this journey. The first phrase of this reading um, in Ephesians 1.13 is that you also were included in Christ. The, pre the previous verse, he is talking about perhaps himself being saved. Uh, and then he is writing, you were also included. And that, that inclusiveness, to use a modern word, is, is very important and something we should, we should really think about, certainly in this day and age where, where uh, inclusiveness is almost becoming a cliche. But uh, the, the Ephesian church, as, as we've talked about in the past, was, was, kind, was a young church. It was a very cosmopolitan church. They were dealing 
with all sorts of us versus them issues. The, the uh, do we have to become Jewish before we become Christian? Do we have to study and observe all parts of the Mosaic law? And, you know, do we have to get circumcised? Do there were, there were issues over, can I go eat meat that was sacrificed to an idol? That would be, that would be uh, not something uh, a, a, a Jewish Christian would do, but it would be something that a Gentile Christian wouldn't think twice about. And so there was all this arguing and debating and Paul like he did in, in with the Corinthians, tries to cut through that and say, come on, guys, we're, we're all Christians. We've all been saved. Really, our responsibility is to kind of un to unify, essentially, get past differences. And, and Bill, was, Bill was saying, well, you know, don't, don't start talking to me about salvation. Um, and yeah, don't, don't go over there and say, well, you know, you ate, you ate meat that was sacrificed to Aphrodite. Well, right. that's that's you're out. You're out. And and Paul is saying no, 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 no. And Paul is telling, urging his his the Ephesian church, and by extension, uh, even us down down through the through the centuries, to just to just understand our differences, understand our cultural differences, understand where we come from. But the but each and every one of us, no matter where we're from. Uh, no matter what our, our race, uh, socioeconomic status, generational, gender, denominational. <laughs> we're, all, right. we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, um, <laughs> all, all hate mail for this next yeah. date. <laughs> yeah. um, Steve is right. Inclusiveness is so cliche that it's like, it's like diversity training in, in corporate world. It's just... Do you need to be diverse? Yes. Do you need to understand diverse? Yes. As Christians, do we need to be inclusive? That's what we're missing. Because what that means is that every human being on the face of the planet Earth, no matter what they do, no matter their sexual orientation, when they come into the house of God, they are a person just as a human being. Now we can talk about the sin in their lives, but you know I'm going to be the first to say, you know, I'll be Jesus and say, don't don't worry about the uh, little speck over in that eye while you got this huge plank in yours. You know, we want to blast everybody the minute they come in, and the fact that they can't come come about to quote unquote a Christian life instantly. There's a step. There's some steps that need to go there from the baby steps on up. And, and that's something we need to recognize as Christians and as a church that every, you, every person that walks past your church, that comes near your church, that, come, that lives within 100 miles of your church and beyond is a human being that needs the, the love of Christ and that needs a place they can go to feel safe and have conversations. Period. End of discussion. There is no them versus us. There is no other. I was out with some pastors years and years and years ago, and some guy walked by, and it was really sad because one of the pastor just one of the pastors looked and said, "Some people you can tell just aren't elect." And I was just like, "Seriously, you you just went there?" <laughs> mm -hmm. 
you know? And so that, that's my no church answer at this point. So <laughs> what, what I see you telling us, Robert, which I've been reflecting on this lesson, pretty much the scriptures Bill read is what the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit affects our lives, what he in fact does in our hearts. But then the question became, and I've got that written down. Do we reflect the Holy Spirit? Do we reflect that seal, that guarantee, that redemption, that salvation, which God has given us? And do we reflect and shine that light or, or the, the seal that he has provided to us? And you're, you're hitting exactly on the head. You're hitting the nail on the head. Uh, it's what you're saying is that the very practical way you apply the gifts of spirit, that's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control uh, against such things. There is no law. What what we do and how we treat our fellow man is a reflection of the Holy Spirit, period. Right. I mean, this is what you're saying, folks. You can you can have the, the Holy Spirit living in you. You can speak in tongues. You can prophesy. You can do all the gifts. But if you don't have love within you and you don't reflect to the per love to the person who needs it, then you are not reflecting the Holy Spirit. And that's what he's supposed to do for our lives. And Robert, yes, that's one of the notes I had here to deal with. And you did that very aptly. And, and what, uh, what was it that we we one pastor? Phil recommend, Pastor Phil recommended a book, and it was a study by the Barna Group. And in there, it talked about how why millennials are leaving. And it was a young mother, single mom, and the single mom exact statement to the research group was, I wish people in my church cared as much about how much trouble I'm having trying to figure out how to raise a, a son as a single mom has they cared as much about the fact that I was a single mom who got divorced. Right. Yeah. As far as yeah. why she left the church. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, right. it, it's that love segment that, that we miss that we have to reflect as part of the Holy spirit. Mike, I think, I think you said that better than I did because that that's really the part that we miss as we go through is that part. Yeah. You have, you can have everything all against the spirit. I think, uh, Paul said the Corinthians, but if you don't have love, you don't have anything. Yep. That's right. Like you're like a tinkling bell or a uh, ringing cymbal. Clanging mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> gong is one of the yeah. translations yeah. that I like because it's just noise. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. <laughs> I guess I, I guess my takeaway uh, from this lesson, and, and I appreciate, uh, I, I, that's one thing I really appreciate about the differences uh in the depth and the philosophy of each of you guys, as we talk about this kind of stuff, um, that I, I just feel like uh, uh, it, with God, it's about a relationship. And uh, you really kind of have uh, two choices, living in the spirit and not living in the spirit. And if you're not living in the spirit, who are you pleasing by not? living in the spirit we know who you're pleasing when you are do you know who you're not and it it shouldn't be an obscure vapor kind of theory that you know you're, you're not going to be able to get a hold of no i i believe our audience out there you know has a pretty good idea i mean i can't say that I haven't encountered 
uh, issues uh, in my life where I haven't uh, acted very Christian. I, I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. Uh, I have. But, uh, but my aim is always to have that faith walk and to achieve and to use God as my guide uh, on that way. And so that's, that's kind of my takeaway. And I, I appreciate you guys, including me, even though I just got out of the hospital. Thanks guys. <laughs> guys, it's been great. As I said, uh, you can find our podcasts on SoundCloud, Apple podcasts, iHeartRadio, pray.com, wherever you get your podcasts, visit us uh, on Facebook and our website, manupspiritualasis.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter. And, uh, you know, we, we here um, at Man Up are, are very strong on Bible study and Bible literacy, because one thing really uh, to understand God is to, is, is to begin to look at his word and never mind what you think he said, never mind what people tell you the Bible says, the best way to find out is to find a good translation and, and, and read, read scripture for yourself and, and stop back here every week. And, and we'll, we're looking at something and we have the same questions you do. So we're not going to try to sugarcoat it or, or come up with the church answers that this means that we're, we're, we'll, we'll ask tough questions and you too, you can too in the comments section or uh, on any one of our social media outlets. So until next time, on behalf of my great panel, uh, Robert Koshu, Michael Cropper, our recovering, recuperating director, Bill Cox. Uh, I'm Steve Titch. This has been Man Up. See you next time. You've been listening to Man Up. You want anything. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.